0: Hello everyone and welcome back to ThickCast. I'm your host Molly Edwards and today joining me on the podcast is the lovely Sarah Bradley. Hello. Hey lovely, alright? Yes, how are you?
1: Yeah, I'm good, Funky, Uh Plodding along, doing as I do, but you know how it is.
0: Good, good. So for anyone who doesn't know you, who are you? What do you do? A little bit of an introduction to yourself.
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm a women's physique pro, um, IFBB pro, and I turn pro in 2021 uh going into my second season as a pro i've made my pro debut last year at um at Pro Legions in Reno over in the States and placed second, which was insane. Like the bodybuilding scene over in the States is absolutely mad. So I'm very much hoping to go over there and win a show this year. So, um, so first year is was Texas, that's on August 19th. So I'm actually technically 15 and a half weeks out tomorrow. So that's really exciting. Um, And yeah, hoping to get the qualification for the, Olymp- uh, the Olympia this year. And then if we don't get it at Texas, then we'll go to Alicante. And if we don't go to get it to get at Alicante, then we'll kind of, you know, Cut it short and then go for the New York Pro the year after possibly, but that's kind of a plan that's maybe, you know, subject to change and stuff like that. But, you know, I've always been really sporty, you know, the minute I could walk and run, I was doing athletics and playing football and I was powerlifting for a long time. So I actually represented Team GB in powerlifting uh, with the ABPU and the BPU for a long time. Um, and then I just got so broken because we were like squatting, deadlifting and benching like four or five times a week. So um, I got a lot of hip injuries, a lot of like impingements and stuff on that. So I just kind of stepped away. Um, and from that, I kind of got into back into bodybuilding. My mum was a bodybuilder, so I kind of have got the genes oh, for it. Um, and unfortunately she passed away when I was really young. She passed away when I was like 10. So it was kind of like carrying the flag for um an amazing lady. So like it was something that was ingrained in me. So after powerlifting, I kind of got back into bodybuilding. And that's when I met Tom Hames obviously my current coach of evolution training. Um and uh and yeah, it kind of just blossomed from there. We've been together every, like six, seven years now. Kind of sounds like a weird relationship, but yeah, he's <laughs> he's like, a massive part of my life um and yeah and from there like what originally started out as a little cleanup little cut um turned out to be like my first show on a PCA stage in 2018 where I took where I took first in trained figure then obviously took the overall and then went on to the British um and came third And actually, Michelle Irons, who won that year, turned IFBB Pro anyway. So it was kind of losing to, you know, an IFBB Pro. And she was amazing at the time. Obviously, that was in trained figure and stuff. So from there, I kind of took the third place. And then, you know, I've always wanted to be in women's physique for as long as I can remember. Like... I absolutely idolized Dana Lynn Bailey when I was younger and, you know, I'd watch all her like Arnold and Olympia preps and stuff. And, and I just think, you know, how she was as a lady, she was just badass. Like she wasn't your typical, like, you know, big tits, like long, yeah. like blonde hair, tiny little skimpy bikinis, you know, like, and that's what I really kind of resonated with. So after seeing that, I knew like, I actually want to do women's physique and I've always had that idea. And the idea of not having to wear heels on stage was a massive thing that like aided, <laughs> aided the choice to go to women's physique. Um, um, because I'm about as nimble as a, like a fish out of water in heels. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so we had a nice long off-season, like a two-year off-season to get ready for physique. And then, obviously, I did um, La Familia and the British with two bros uh, in 2021. And then, obviously, I won both shows, won both overalls, turning pro there. So, yeah, it's been an absolutely mad journey, obviously, with COVID in between everything as well. So I was going to compete a little bit earlier in 2021 at the Ben Weider. But because the show kept getting pushed back and stuff like that, I was just like, you know what, like with me, like I have to have a set goal. And if that goal keeps moving around, I can't get my mental, like my mentality in the right place. So in the end we said, Oh, we'll just pull it and we'll just do a later show or whatever. And that's what we did. Or actually, no, I think we, we completely came out of it and then went again later online, but that was kind of the year of the, you know, the vid. So we kind of just rescheduled our plans and then went again whenever it was ready. But yeah it's been a mad journey but women's physics where I belong and it's it's something that's really kind of you know it's given me purpose like very much when I was younger I really suffered with quite bad depression and I was in and out of like cams which is obviously like a mental health hospital for young people and and it was like a mad journey but as cliche as it sounds and as everyone says it, like bodybuilding literally saved my life and it is something that gives me purpose every day. And if I don't have purpose in my life, then I'm literally a shell of a person. So, you know, like bodybuilding, it means a lot to me. And when I found women's physique, that's when I found my purpose. And a lot of people ask, like, do you want to move up to body, like, women's bodybuilding and stuff? But it's simply not something that i ever really wanted to do because of like seeing Dana Lynn Bailey and Juliana McKenna and it's creating, you know, women's physique is like the classic version but using females is literally like classic females, you know what I mean? So, and it's still an absolutely beautiful category, which I think is often overlooked because we're muscular women. And I think a lot of people think, you know, muscular women are really ugly or it just is, it doesn't suit the norm, you know, like especially with social media nowadays and, and stuff like that. So, you know, I think, more needs to be done about women's physique because it is such a beautiful category and these women are like you know the sea bombs of the female categories because they bring that flow they bring those lines and and it's just an amazing amazing camaraderie between the ladies and like in the states it was just you know these ladies i competed against someone who was like 51 and she's still kind of like repping repping the states you know aren't you yeah i'm 26
0: i didn't realize like i always just thought you were older than me but you're not because how old are you ma 28 ah. <laughs> oh. two years away from 30 all <laughs> right um yeah. you well, know, we'll a lot well. of the women's physique competitors are that bit older aren't they i guess yeah, so the like, trying to build the muscle and
1: yeah for sure like i think the average age must have been like early 40s like wow. and these are just like i think yvonne who beat me she's like i want to say like late 30s early 40s um And it's just like, like you said, more like these ladies that have just been through the ranks, like shows after show, built the base, built the muscle. They're just like dense women, you know, Mm. and because they've been through hundreds of shows, they're just they're just basically turning up every weekend. Like, yeah, just another show. Like, yeah, this is just like my average Sunday for me. It's just and they're just, you know, it's a time where you can be backstage and just soak up all these not like all that knowledge and all that experience. And and because they're older women you don't tend to get too much bitchiness they're all there to help each other the camaraderie is really nice and and what was nice is when they see someone younger making their debut or making their debut or just a little bit less they're all kind of like oh do you need anything like this is this like what I did find is a lot of the States girls will just bring like second or third bikinis in case anyone needs one. Um, and it, which is like, you never really hear about that anywhere else. And it's, it's just mad. And I think the women's physique community is, is a very special place to be in and to be able to represent the UK in women's physique when realistically, I think there's only really, I think me, Ramana, um, Alex, and there was Gemma Lancaster, but she well she went up to women's bodybuilding, so that's yeah. that a loss. Yeah, and then there's a couple more, but like
0: this as well. you know,
1: there's not really that many of us over in the UK, so it's really nice to be able to go over there and be able to be like, I'm the UK girl, like actually let's show the States and the world what we're about. And, you know, Romana's prepping at the moment and she looks absolutely insane. So she's hopefully going to raise the flag for the UK and hopefully get the O qualification, but you know, we'll see, but I think, you know, more needs to be seen about women's physique, less about all these women are on hundreds of drugs and all that stuff. Instead of actually seeing it like, you know, women's physique is a beautiful category and should be seen for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, I think, regardless of what you look like anyway, it's always the person that's inside. Yeah. And like, obviously, I know you. I know Romana very well. I know Carly Pierce very well.
1: Mm.
0: All really, really nice people.
1: Oh, yeah. Carly. Oh, my God. I can't can't believe I forgot Carly. (laughs) (laughs) Carly's a legend in her own. Well, she is. (laughs) is. (laughs) Hopefully, Um, I think Carly's doing Alicante. And I think if I, if I obviously don't qualify at Texas, she's going to do Alicante as well. So, like, It's gonna be so sick. If I have to, I might just do the show anyway because Carly's just do it anyway. Like Carly's just the nicest human being, isn't she? And it would just be sick to be like sisters on stage. I think that would be awesome. So yeah, but Carly's lush, yeah.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I think that's like the important thing. And like what you're just saying as well about your kind of journey is that's quite mad. Like, you know, most people, you know, they start and you know, whether they start in bikini, whether they start in figure, when they start in, you know, women's physique. Most people start and they just get on stage and they do their first show and maybe they place, maybe they don't. And then they come back the next year and they try and win. Whereas you just went straight in overall. Yep. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> <fucking messing> about.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I, I you know, it, ever since I was tiny, like I was kind of, I guess you could say like muscularly gifted, like, you know, yeah. I was always like strong. Like, I can't remember just being able to like flex my biceps and dad being like, Oh, look at your little biceps. Do you know what I mean? Like, so <laughs> I've never been, I've never been skinny, skinny. I've been skinnier. Like when I was at university, when I played a lot of football, you know the minute I walk on a treadmill I lose weight so it's kind of like I mean that's changed a little bit now I'm bigger but like when I was at uni you know I would be running all the time and training all the time but that was football so I was relatively skinnier then but I would still have like capped shoulders a bit of a wide back so you know like the base that I've had since I was it was always been a bodybuilding base you know and because and because of my training and my discipline throughout the years from like athletics and football I think just a mixture of all these things combined I think you know helped me to achieve what I have achieved I mean I turned pro after like four shows so it's it's kind of mad the journey but I'm blessed to be able to have won what I did and then I'm blessed to be able to be in this sport doing what I love every day and you know to hopefully making people proud and bringing home some trophies for the UK so yeah you know it's it's been mad but I wouldn't change it for the world.
0: No absolutely and it's it's very exciting knowing you know there's you the Carly and Roman are all going this year and Hopefully going to the Olympia as well. And I just think yeah. it's amazing. Like, um, because there's not that many UK athletes that actually get to the Olympia, is there?
1: No, not, not really. I mean, you've I mean you've got like Hollingshead and obviously Samson with the year that he's just had, and like, you know, there's probably a, a handful of others that I can't yeah. remember off the top of my head. But really, like the UK bodybuilding scene. I mean, if you go to other like states like again, like US or Reno or like whatever the bodybuilding scene is is so intense because they really love bodybuilders like i mean you know i, I sat in a gym um a couple of days out from legions and someone said like oh what's it like in the uk then like because they'll you know the people in the states come out oh what do you need like do you need this like you know like they literally will praise the ground you walk on if they know you're a bodybuilder and it's and like they yeah they're like oh so what's the uk like and i was like you know what we don't really talk we we're very ourselves aren't we in the uk and yeah. and you know we keep to ourselves and they just couldn't kind of fathom why that was why we are and I was like well that's just how the UK is like it's 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 not as kind of hospitable as the states and you know I mean arguably maybe the hospitality of of the UK of these of the people in the states maybe a little bit much a little bit nosy but I absolutely loved it because you didn't feel so much of an outsider as you do here you know like Mm -hmm. if someone saw me walking down the street in a vest you just would get hate on hate really you get people staring at you like you just get negative comments like I remember walking through a street with Romana once and she was wearing this love I mean she looked amazing she was wearing this like lovely dress like really nice shirt and there was a group of lads like just heckling her and it's like she's just like a woman who's a Bigger than other women, like, and she's still really pretty, really feminine. And it's just, and you wouldn't get that in the States. You would just get like, oh, mate, she looks awesome. And then people would just move along. And I think that's what's wrong with the UK bodybuilding scene is, I mean, this isn't me being sexist, but it's very much focused on the male side of things. You know, Absolutely, for yeah. example, like, if, if I or Romana won or placed top six in the Olympia, it probably wouldn't necessarily be put in the limelight as much as it is for the men. No, um,
0: no.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Samson or, or Hollingshead or anything, because I think they're amazing, amazing men. But I think there still needs to be a level of, Okay, so actually, the UK female bodybuilding scene is, is fucking awesome. Is, yes. And I think we need to see it. And I think there are some very good, like, if you look at, you know, yes, Kerry Sixton's a bikini girl, but she's a fucking good bikini girl, you yeah, know, and yeah. she needs to be in the limelight. And there's, you know, like Raya Gales from In Figure, she needs to be in the limelight more. but we just aren't seen and I think it's it needs to change and I think it will change with time but I think this is a good point in in the bodybuilding industry where you know doing things like this podcast or doing like my podcast or whatever like just promoting women's categories and really empowering women and creating a community because yeah. at the end of the day like as cliche as it sounds like we're sisters and iron. like we need to you know help each other out even even if that's you know helping with training plans helping with nutrition plans like like if you message me one day and was like sorry like what's your opinion on this or this? And I'll be like, right, okay, maybe try this and this. Like, we need to work together to promote these amazing categories because they're not being promoted anywhere else. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it will come and it will happen, but it's just going to take time. It's just going to take time like anything, you know.
0: I think it's it's women kind of in bodybuilding overall. Like, even, if, you know, you look at the top coaches, they're all men. You know, yeah, yeah. you look at judging panels, and you know I feel very privileged that, affects. We've got a head judge in Lisa Gelsey, who's a woman, and she always mm. says, "I want women on the panel." Yeah, I was at a show the other weekend, all men.
1: Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Lisa was absolutely badass. She's just like the most amazing woman on earth. <laughs>
0: yeah. But like, did- I, I'm so grateful. Yeah, to get to work with her because I, yeah. we've had a lot of conversations about it and about how females are so underrepresented in the industry. And what mm. she's done herself has really changed that. Yeah. Um, and it is, like we were saying, it is, it's is—it's just women in general are underrepresented in the sport. Whereas when you actually go to a show, actually competitor-wise, I'd say a lot of the time it's heavily weighted on the women's side.
1: Mm. Yeah, and I would agree. I would agree for sure.
0: Yeah, not everyone, but a lot of shows, there is a lot more women, I'd say, mm. men.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you'll also find like on some social media and and things like that for some federations, they literally only show the men. I mean, I won't name the federations, but I'm sure people will know what ones I'm talking about. But like, you know, when you think, oh, you know, I wanted to actually look at that figure or whatever. And you don't see anything about it on social media because they literally just focus it all on the men. It's mad. It really is.
0: Well, me and Joe were saying when, you know, there's bits where you watch a show and, you know, you say you've got the men's and the women's overall. Mm. And they'll talk to the man and be like, oh, how was the your prep? Like blah, blah, blah. The woman, it's like, well done, well done. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like yeah. the famous um, I can't remember who it was. It was either one of the Williams sisters at, at Wimbledon or some, it was like Serena Williams or something like that. I don't know. Um, and they are she had an interview and they asked her, like, I can't remember what it was. It was like some proper sexist comment, like, oh, why did you wear you what you wore on the on the like court today and she was like i've just fucking won wimbledon like why are you asking me what i'm wearing you know and that's serena williams who's like yeah. fucking full-on feminist and she's just like i just won one of the most prestigious titles in in, in tennis and you're literally asking me about my underwear do you know what i mean So literally <laughs> the same body but how are you feeling how's your underwear you
0: know and why did you choose to go the red bikini <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's mad it's mad
1: but you know and I get I get bodybuilding is a business I really get that I understand and it's basically like you know who what the amount of bums that you put on seats obviously what goes to the federation but ultimately like you know if we look at a couple federations that don't have women's physique they only have it in two or three shows throughout the year and you know these women are wanting to go into women's physique they need they need that stage to be able to promote or, or you know f- show the world their physique but if you're not giving them the platform to do it then they're not going to go to physique that's why it's dying out because you know you've got these ladies that are turning in turning pro in women's physique but they don't have any uk shows we don't have any uk shows to turn pro at or well, sorry to make our pro debut at yeah there's like three or four in europe and then the rest are in the states so you've not only just turned pro you don't have a stage in the uk but you've now got to pay for flights to europe and to the States and realistically to make a name for yourself, you need to be in the States because yeah. Europe, yes, they're, you know, it's a great platform to work upon, but bigger ladies need to be in the States. And I found that out last year was, you know, when people were like, Oh, you're pro debuting in the States. And I was like, fuck yeah. Because you know, one, they're surprised and it looks good on the judges because they're like, Oh, this girl is just flown from the UK to, the debut in the states but to you no one does it because the money isn't there to do it and obviously i'm very lucky in the fact that i just i don't spend my money i just save it so i've saved for years to be able to do what i love now and it's kind of like you're having these ladies turn bro pro and not do anything with it because they don't they can't afford to and it's not like you know we're getting sponsorships with hundreds of thousands of pounds aside do you know what i mean like i'm very lucky to have amazing sponsors like adrian from alpha neon and yeah. And obviously, Josh Bridgman from OneMR, And, you know, I'm horrendously lucky to be able to su- be supported by two very prestigious brands. And, you know, I-, I very much follow alongside the values of those brands as well. And, you know, I wouldn't change them for the world. And, you know, I- I'm just grateful to be able to have the support from them, you know, whether that be some clothing every month or some supplementation every month, you know, that it's, it's better than nothing. And, it yeah, you know, it helps well, me. doesn't it? Yeah, that's it. Exactly. So like if I get a hundred quid worth of supplements per per month, like that's saving me a hundred pounds, you know, but we're not getting paid two, three grand a month, right? Some of these contracts are doing. So again, we've got to go into our back pocket. And yes, we absolutely love this sport. And, you know, I don't care about what winnings I earn. You know, I just, I just want to get on stage because I love it. But at the end of the day, we need to be able to afford to go on stage. Yeah. And if we don't have the money, then you've got these all these like youngsters who have turned pro in women's physique. I can't do anything. And it, it needs to change. And, you know, even with true athlete, like I was told that there was going to be women's physique. And and that was going to be amazing because like my dad's older now and unfortunately he's he got diagnosed with bone cancer a while ago. So and that's a cancer that's incurable. So it's kind of like I can't have my dad there watch me compete because he can't travel because obviously he's got he's got kidney failure so like mm-hmm. he has to have dialysis quite a lot on a week so he, traveling for him is almost non-existent he can't travel so I'm now getting I'm now missing a point where my dad can see me on a professional stage because there's no UK shows and there's, there's more to it than a lot of people believe because it's like oh it's, you know it's just UK it's not what does it matter but actually no like I want my family to see me professional you know even if that's the last time my dad sees me like it means he can see me on a professional stage doing my best seeing me at my best because ultimately like my dad's never really understood he's a very old-fashioned man like you know he grew up in a world where ladies were very like soft and like my mother was a very soft lady like she just liked to cook and clean and and for his you know for his daughter to grow up into like just a muscly a muscly lump essentially like he, he hasn't quite understood and until he saw me turn pro He's kind of understood a little bit more, but he just needs to see me on a more because it's not like professional football or anything. Right. It's, you know, yeah. a lot of people be like, oh, you're a professional bodybuilder. Like I've had a couple of people ask me and and they've kind of looked at me like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah, I might not look it, but I am a professional <laughs> bodybuilder. So they just assume you walk around like a, a ball of muscle. Right. And because I, I wear a lot of clothes, I don't I don't really show off my physique much. Um, and like it's just. You know, I need him to see me on a professional stage to know that it is a serious thing. Like, professional bodybuilding's no less cool than being professional footballer. We just don't get paid the money, you know?
0: Yeah. And...
1: To not have a UK show and for my dad to miss out on me watching what watching me on a professional stage, it just sucks. Yeah, so it. whether it will change, I don't know. But all I've heard is the fact that they just can't they won't get the bums on seats to promote women's physique. So obviously, like <laughs> I think what the Federation does is they, they obviously pay a sanction for each category they put, put on or something like that. And okay. apparently they're just there's just not enough money for women's physique, which kind of sucks, but hopefully yes. it will change. I don't know.
0: The Arnolds a women's physique one was quite busy though.
1: Yeah. Like that's exactly my point. Like, you know, when, when I turned pro, like the atmosphere was electric. We had a great time. Like, and at the end of the day, like it is a show at the end of the day, like, we are need as athletes, we want to bring a show and like you just got to interact with the crowd and and just you know, if you really loved bodybuilding, you would embrace as much of that stage time as you had. And you know, yeah. with that amazing crowd at the Arnolds, that that just says it all that speaks for itself. You have an amazing crowd, people that are paying to see women's physique. You've got a lineup of some amazing women's physique ladies like mm-hmm. Anne Mum and Barbara and stuff like that. And these are ladies that again are just experienced as fuck in their category and they're incredible women. So yeah. I don't really they have no experience uses to not promote women's physique in, in the uk because you've got your answer right there like and they're just it's just not allowing us to be able yeah. to display what we've worked so hard for over the years it's it's mad mate honestly
0: the reason i went to like watch the arnold's pro show was to watch women's physique i wanted to see carly do a pro debut exactly and that's why i went. It, you know i'm a bikini competitor yeah but i didn't watch a bikini was wicked like don't get me wrong that was amazing yeah. but the one that i was there for the one that i was most excited to see was Carly doing a pro debut
1: yeah exactly yeah and then to debut on an Arnold stage is, is amazing in itself you know
0: Honestly, I went with us like have you seen the stage mate she was like no mm-hmm. Can we yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet that was an
1: amazing moment
0: <laughs> yeah it was lovely and like it's such a good stage as well like they yeah. really nailed it to be fair it looked
1: mad it looked so good so so good yeah, but yeah
0: That was cool um but kind of going back to what we were going to discuss in the podcast which is why I wanted you on was literally because, you know, you're a woman and you're very knowledgeable about peds and stuff. And that's why I want you one, because I think it's very, I've listened to a lot of podcasts about PD use in in women and it's all yeah. done by men, which yeah. is great. They'll sit there, they'll tell you the facts and the figures, all the numbers, what the charts say, all of that stuff, which is great. And it's really useful, don't get me wrong, but sometimes you want to hear it from a woman's perspective. Yeah. Like, because as much as you can look at the data, how you actually feel about something is very, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and how things have affected you. Because it's not just like physically, it'll do X, Y, and Z to you. It's like, what will it do to you mentally as well? What's the anxiety yeah. about taking that? Like, what's the, you know, your personal risk to re- reward? And obviously that is going to be still different from one female to the next. Um, but it is, it's very, very personal to us as women. So let's, yeah. this is a little woman's, space
1: (laughs) yeah yeah that's fine I love I love creating like a little woman's space like I'm literally on about it constantly like let's create a safe space like
0: (laughs) (laughs) so um well I've kind of just said everything I've written down here so the first thing I'm going to talk about is kind of our own experience in what made you think like to go from a natural I don't know did you do your first show natural or so
1: like when I was in university, before I kind of went into powerlifting, I was going to do an actual show, but powerlifting took over and I just decided to do that instead. Um, and then when I did my first show, I, I was I was um, an assisted athlete, yeah.
0: Yeah. So what made you do, because the first show I did, I like, to be honest, I don't think I even knew what drugs were. I thought <laughs> yeah. I was very, very naive. Yeah. Uh, but kind of what made you think like, right, I'm going to go down this route. I'm not going to do this naturally. I'm going to use some forms of assistance.
1: So I I think what it predominantly was, was like, okay, so that, like I said earlier, that moment I saw Dana Bailey, I was like, right, okay, so how do I need to get to there, And then how do I need to get to the Olympia? Like literally I've been dreaming of the Olympia since I was like 10, 11 years old. Like, Mm -hmm. and I know just from research and being around people that I was at the time, like, you know, when you're young, you're kind of like a sponge, you kind of like soak up everything. And, you know, the people I was around were these big old bodybuilders. Like I used to be trained by a guy called Charlie Barrett and he was just this massive monster of a man. Like, and he kind of, I'm just talking about people, talking about it to people, watching videos on YouTube and just thinking, you know, like maybe one day I'll be assisted. And then it kind of, as I grew up um, and became a little bit more aware of like steroids and drugs, like I was always someone that would be like, nah, I'll never do drugs, i never do drugs. And then the more I, it came clear that, you know, PEDs are a fundamental part of the process if you want to get to the stage, want to get to the Olympia stage, like, and what I want, and I want to be there. And I know there are risks that need to be taken when using PEDs, but it's the realization that, you know, I can't be natural anymore. Like this is, you know, I'm fully aware of what is going to happen. I'm fully aware of the risks and I'll do whatever it takes to get there. And obviously that's yeah. within reason, but like, I know drugs need to be a massive part of that process to get to where I need to get because you don't hear of any natural competitors on Olympia stage, do you? Uh, I Unless
0: think actually saying that, I think Kate Errington's natural. You oh, just... okay
1: then. One. <laughs> yeah.
0: so I did.
1: I one. did hear that she was natural, but I didn't know whether that was still a thing.
0: As far as I'm aware, she's always natural. She's never... Oh, okay.
1: Oh, fair play to her then.
0: Yeah, I can't say 100% because I'm not her. Yeah, yeah. I think she is. And obviously with fitness, it's slightly different though because it is so heavily marked on your routine. Yeah, yeah. certainly kind of like in women's physique, like
1: yeah like like yeah. you said like, or like we said earlier actually like yeah, there are categories like women's physique women's bodybuilding that require drugs like let's be honest whereas like maybe so much of like you know bikini and stuff obviously there may yeah. be like batters sort of, of drugs but it's not I mean, nearly it's
0: a as natural bikini pros
1: yeah for sure um,
0: turned out i've been pro naturally are they on the olympia stage well, the ones that i know are natural haven't been no um mm. does that mean that there's none on there i i don't know exactly you never
1: know do you You can't really just assume but like yeah yeah, and and I just you know I kind of came to the realization that to get to where I want to get I need to take drugs and yeah I was actually absolutely fine with that like I've never really been I mean this isn't me saying I take drugs to look more masculine no way but like I was never really a girly girl anyway. Like, I've always been a super tomboy, like, hanging out with the lads. like. And, you know, even if I became that 1% more masculine, it really didn't bother me. And, you know, with the people that I have around me and with the knowledge that I have just bouncing off Tom and myself and books and stuff like that, like, I know the things to look out for. And, you know, if there is anything that I'm unaware of or, or something's changed, then I can talk to people about it and then we can just put it in the plug, you know? So, yeah, like... Side effects obviously are individual individual dependent. And pr- personally, like I've never really experienced that many side effects. Like, even like downstairs, I've been fine. Like maybe a minimal amount of hair growth on my chin and my like and my top lip. But again, like a lot of ladies get that naturally anyway. Like it's just, you know, everyone gets face hair. And and yeah, like I mean, that's pretty much all I've ever. I mean, my voice has pretty much stayed the same. It might get slightly more raspy on a cycle, but after the cycle's ended, then my voice goes back to normal. I've always looked like this like i've never really changed like maybe off season i'm a little bit fatter in the face but that's literally just fat i mean like it's not because i'm on a cycle or anything like so you know, like it's just being aware of the risks and stuff. And when I started you know, taking drugs, I was very much aware of them because I had good people around me to tell me about them. Um, and again, I had Tom when I started running it, like running yeah. drugs and things. And, and again, he's like one of the leading coaches in female pets and stuff like that. So I've always been surrounded by people that have good knowledge. And I think that's really important before you kind of delve into PDs as a female is to know exactly what you're in for risk versus reward and have a circle of people that would provide you with the knowledge or information to make you fully aware of what you're actually getting yeah. yourself into.
0: And did you ask for second opinions as well? Or did you just go, Tom, what do I do? And he told you, and you're like, okay, cool.
1: Like second opinions always. Like obviously a lot, I do, I have 110% trust. Oh, yeah, there. I mean,
0: Tom is great. Like don't get me wrong. Oh, off. for
1: sure. But like, I also have Connor who does my training. Who You know, I've been with Connor for about three years now. Mm. And again, that's like, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, okay. So this has been said, what you, what's your opinion? Like, cause we're a little team, essentially me, Tom and Connor. And, you know, things need to be bounced just because I'm interested in what someone else's opinion is. Yeah. Um, obviously, a lot of people don't want to hear about other people's opinions because they're very naive. But like, I like to know, OK, so what do you think of this dosage or what do you think of that? Or what do you think of this combination of drugs? Like, because I'm interested and I want to learn. Um, so, yeah, like I always do tend to get a second opinion, even from my like, partner. Like she's been with me through this entire journey. We've been together almost eight years now. So like yeah. she's kind of seen me from tiny little Sarah to a professional bodybuilder and she's, Learned from seeing me develop a lot about bodybuilding industry. I mean, when we were in um, Legions, she was basically my coach backstage because we were eight hours um, behind, so... She would obviously just text Tom when he was awake. And then if he was if he was because he had his baby then, literally just born. Um and if he wasn't av- available at the time, she would take over. So it's kind of like, even if I need a second opinion of of her, even if it's like, oh, I'm you know, if I said to her, I'm unsure of something, or do you think I've changed, or is there anything that you notice about my mannerisms that's a little bit more um uh, what's the word not angry but like a little bit more off than she would
0: yeah, tell me, maybe so. or something yeah yeah exactly like have like, interest what's her kind of opinion on it like when you said to her like oh, I'm gonna take some pads so like when
1: i I had an ex-girlfriend that was really proper against it she just wasn't like no no but then Alita she's very much like it's part of the sport it is what it is she would only frown upon it if it was something like football do you know what I mean becauseites has a, a she used to be um she had a couple caps for England and things like that, she was very much into her football. So she was at a high level of football when she was younger and she accepts like that sports have different needs and PDs are just part of, but you can't play football without ball. Do you know what I mean? And I think you can't get to the Olympia stage without Peds. And, and that's just my opinion that I'm like wholeheartedly believe that unless obviously you have genetic freaks like Kate Errington or a couple of the bikini girls, you know, like, and she's very much like, just be smart. Don't be an idiot. And if anything changes, then you 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 come you completely come out of it. Do you know what I mean? Like because yeah. she obviously she doesn't want to see me turn into a man. I don't want to be a man. So she'd be like, look, us so like your jaws maybe getting a little bit more thick or your voice is changing. Then she will be like, you either need to drop that down or take it out completely. So yeah, yeah. she supports it 100 percent because she respects the fact it's part of the sport.
0: And that, that's quite a, like, a really good thing and a really kind of mature head to have on it as well, especially for someone that's not in this sport. Yeah, Um, because I think one of the other things and I don't know maybe you don't get it so much as a woman but with men you get it like oh we take steroids you're going to get really aggressive but my kind of thought process has always been with this right you get blokes out there right they'll go out they'll have a few drinks on the weekend they'll sniff some shit up their nose they're a complete asshole, right they won't take no for an answer they'll be aggressive they'll want to fight you they want to fight everyone they see you get all of that crap and that's kind of like oh yeah it's fine like he's had a drink yeah if you're an arsehole when you drink don't fucking drink
1: yeah yeah it.
0: <laughs> you take peds and you're an arsehole don't, don't take do peds
1: yeah, yeah legit <laughs> yeah i mean yeah like i had a conversation with someone the other day and she was like oh my boyfriend is just such a dick when he's like using tren and stuff and i was like but there's no there's no excuse for him to be a dick to you like if he can't take tren don't take trend. It's so fucking easy. Like, cause she was getting like really upset about it. And I was like, look, like no excuse. Tell him to come with the trend or tell him to fuck off because it's just, I think a lot of guys, again, this is not us being sexist, but this is just from experience. And I think like, you speak to a lot of ladies that have boyfriends that run like trend and stuff like that. And they just say, Oh, they're just, just an asshole. And I'm like, there's no excuse for him to be an asshole. Like he just needs to be more aware of what he can and can't take.
0: Yeah, maybe <laughs> a bit less or just don't do it. Just
1: don't take it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I know someone who literally can't take Tren at all because it just sends them a bit loopy. And that's just, yeah, if I you, you that can't that's take Trent, you, that's you that's can't that's take
0: Trent. Yeah, it's, it's mad. Like, tren, and there was something else. I can't remember what it was, though. Uh, a friend of mine said they took it and it just made them go a little bit mad.
1: Yeah, <laughs> sounds about right.
0: Reason. Yeah, maybe it's not the drug for you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the
1: other ult- ul- alternate drugs to take. <laughs>
0: So, kind of like talking about drugs, then obviously, there's kind of like differences kind of between them. There's kind of, I always think of it like you've got the ones to lose fat and the ones to build muscle, to put it really really simply. Do you want to kind of discuss a little bit more about kind of the differences you've got? Because not all PEDs are the same. Yeah. It's like a blanket term, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Like that's exactly it. Like, um for example like in an off season uh, previously we would run uh, like an mpp obviously that's an all 19 um but after i had an incident with it last year was because of the properties of an all 19 it can send you a little bit loopy um and during my prep last year i just had a really nasty reaction to it where i did get like really depressed um wow. and it can uh, can do that because of its 19 qualities um, so we stopped using that because it was, you know, it's kind of like a depression that is like no other really, because you just you're so fogged, you're cloudy, like i you know, I was at a point where I was literally ready to just jump. And I, it's, that's not like me at all. Like no. I've, yes, I used to be very quite depressed when I was younger, but I got through that and I'm very much like, you know, embrace things as they come along, but that was really gnarly. Um, and I would never do that again, just because of that reaction. So MVP we used to use, don't use anymore. Um, a lot of my off seasons are now based off Primo and maybe a little bit of Anovar, not so much Anovar because obviously it's an oral, it's quite toxic to liver like, and kidneys. So we try and stay away from orals in my off season um primo is a really nice massive like mass builder it also keeps you quite lean because of its qualities like when i utilized mpp a while ago i would get really watery it just wasn't a real nice look like i get really watery in my face um so when i run drugs like mpp you can see it in my face whereas this year in primo i didn't have that i was leaner my composition was much better my strength was much more steady as well like i don't know you know per- like completely honest i don't know why that was but why it was more steady what the differences might be with mpp and primo in regards to strength i think mpp is quite like it's a much better strength builder but i think with primo it's a little bit more consistent strength now whether mm-hmm. that's because my training was a lot more sort of heavy work this off season maybe but i found that i had a much better reaction off of primo because i wasn't so watery and so heavy so that's kind of the main compounds i would use in my off season and like i said maybe a little bit of anabar, but if we did pop it in it would literally be at like five or ten megs daily it yeah. wouldn't be like 20 or 30 or even upwards of that because of the liver toxicity that you may experience from like an oral or anything like that so that's kind of my off-season approach and what i would approach with like clients that are maybe into women's physique or you know the bigger categories like women's bodybuilding I wouldn't tend to put anyone, maybe figure like at a very low dose, but I wouldn't put any really like bikini or you know, tone figure or anything like that. Figure IFB may, IFBB may be, but anything lower than that, I wouldn't advise really injectables to, to be honest. Like, I just don't think they have their place in those categories. Um, I think you know, bikini and that is, is very much based on your own structure and your genetic structure, yeah, instead of like just in stuff I mean, I've heard some horror stories about the amounts that bikini girls are on at some points, oh, yeah. I'm sure you have as well, Mole, but I are. very much, yeah, it's my Like, I very much like, you know, you can do a lot with a little in, in categories like that. But whereas, like, with women's sleep, women's bodybuilding, utilizing compounds like MPP or Primo, I would, like I said, after my experience with MPP, I would very much go down the route of Primo Bolin just because it has just, I think, just better qualities, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And then yeah maybe some anivar another drug that is quite popular with um women or with men more so women is actually t-bowl it's very good for strength it's like um it's it's not like Anavar in the sense that anivars creates more of like a dry hard look but you can yeah. get very good strength gains off it from a little dosage which is why it's i say safe but why it's better for women than it is for you know if you ran something else that was a little bit harsh so that's a big one i did run that like when i was a little bit younger um, but I haven't touched it for a long time just because of the level I am at now. I think it wouldn't really touch me unless we had to run yeah. a really high dose, but it would just be completely pointless. But that's another one that a lot of women do tend to run. Um, completely honest, like my knowledge around T Bowl isn't that great compared to other compounds because it is, it's not really utilized that m- much anymore. So it's not something that we look into that yeah, often. I, hear I, a, I don't
0: hear many people run it, to be honest. I yeah, hear like
1: I think, people. I think there was a phase of it, to be honest. And I know it's used within like MMA and boxing and stuff because of its strength. Qualities, but like when it comes to bodybuilding i know like i said there was like a phase of everyone using it and then it kind of just fizzled out like a lot of things mm-hmm. so you honestly i think you don't really hear much about it anymore it's very much an outdated drug i guess you could say
0: yeah that's quite interesting actually yeah um but then obviously when you're going to prep it's more kind of and what you probably would use with bikini girls it's more like your fat loss pds as well so like your computer your t3 t4 your hambine things like that as well and I think that's kind of where there's kind of the differences between those two does that make sense
1: yeah for sure like I think like every drug has uh, like um what's the word like a reason you have to have a purpose for a drug right whether that be like muscle building cutting or whatever like you wouldn't you wouldn't use clen in an off season. Even if you were doing a mini cut, you just wouldn't, I wouldn't advise it. Right. I wouldn't, do. Yeah, you know, I've done it in the past and I just thought it was completely pointless because it's just, you know, you could do a lot without the drugs. Um, and it's just knowing exactly what you want from that drug, like I just said. So like with, with the, like competition, you would want, you know, dryness, hardness, fat loss, that kind of thing. Whereas in your off season, you would want strength and mass building properties from that compound that you're going to utilize. Um, and you don't again, want that oral risk of, increased liver or kidney toxicity you would naturally get some anyway because you're putting in like an exogenous hormone into your body but the risk is much lower i say much lower but lower with an injectable yeah. instead of an oral but let's look at the like the competitive competitive drugs where you want something like you know anovar or winstrow would like create more of that dry hard look which you need on stage obviously mix that with your fat burners like clen t3 t4 then you're gonna just get a completely out, different outcome prima may be used for that phase of competitive of the competitive season just to maintain muscle mass because obviously when you're in a deficit you know the androgens are what is there to maintain that muscle mass as you go through that deficit but yeah, equally you could run that at lower at lower dose you wouldn't i don't know you might run it as a higher dose as you did in your off season but it's completely dependent on the look like i probably would run the same dose that i did in my off season in my competitive season just because you know that's what built it that's what's going to keep it kind of thing you know so you know that's kind of how we how i would approach competitive season so realistically like you know fat burners obviously dependent on the time obviously things can change subjects change throughout prep anyway you know we would probably start with some clen then maybe introduce primo down the line maybe like eight to ten weeks out and then we would start introducing orals like Anavar a little bit later down the line maybe like six or eight weeks out and then we'll start looking at the more harsher drugs when it comes to like dryness and hardness winch and then that'll be pretty much it i don't really tend to use that much i know some of the dosages that other women use are quite quite large but realistically i don't tend to use that much. Much when it comes to drugs because I don't need to, so there's yeah. no real need to add in anything that's not necessary. So why, why, why do, why would we do that? So we're just gonna, you know, and that's kind of how things go. We I, utilize T three and T four when and if we need to because I find teeth where it just T three just flattens me out too quickly, and obviously as a big yeah.
0: lady, that's um, something
1: to be aware of. So yeah,
0: I'm not actually a massive fan of T three and T four.
1: I think I think again, like it was very much used a lot, like in a, in a phase of time, but. I think
0: i still used a lot now. Do you think? Yeah, I still have a lot of friends. I still take on clients that have been with previous coaches that still run a lot of T3 and T4. I've run, I did a prep on just Clenbutyrol and I did a prep on Clenbutyrol and T3 and I took T4 for one day and then I pulled out. (laughs) Yeah, nice. T4 did did wonders. But like you said, I think for me, I think like T3, it, it burns for anything. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. like really and also it's thyroid as well. Mm. Like messing around with your thyroid is that necessarily a good idea? Looking at my bloods um that I had taken a while back now, I don't yeah. have that. I'm gonna butcher this word, hash hashimosis.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know it, the one you're on about. Yeah.
0: I don't have it, but I'm like at that risk of at some point in my life oh, that okay. can happen. Yeah, and so, you know, when I had them, bloods as well. That was very much a thing of like, actually, like I don't want to take T three or T four again because yeah. what if that triggered that?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's and just about it. long term, isn't it?
0: Yeah. So I just think long term, like all works wonders. You know, yeah. if I needed to add your hormone in there, I would. I didn't take it before. I get really like, um, like anxiety over some drugs, and there's some drugs okay. I'm like, I can't take that because I'm convinced. That like this side effect is going to happen. So I'm convinced if I take your humbine, because someone told me once they got bad anxiety, I'm convinced I will get the worst anxiety.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, I'll get really bad anxiety. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, nope, I can't take it. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> no, <laughs> I won't yeah. take because if I put this um, filter on my face from TikTok, everyone else looks really glamorous and I look like a bloke. So I'm like, hey, to Hanover, I look like this. <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> it's preparing you for what's to come if you take no,
0: and i'm just like now i look like a man so i i can't do that <laughs> so i won't take animal for that reason
1: <laughs> i love that that's brilliant and i
0: won't take your humbine uh because i'll get anxiety nice so <laughs> <laughs> it only leads to yeah because i'm so ex- like because i'm so convinced of it yeah that will happen.
1: <laughs> i love that <laughs> Yeah, well, that just leaves cleanse. That's fine.
0: <laughs> so I think, yeah. like, like you're saying, like for women's physique, obviously you want that dry, hard look. You want the serrations in the glutes. If you're doing bikini, you don't want that.
1: No, no, no. Like that's the thing. If like, like
0: that in bikini, like you know, and you do it here with people that run cycles like that in bikini. You're gonna yeah. come in too hard. You're gonna, you know, maybe train bikini if you're doing that. Like, yeah, you would yeah. harder. You will come in leaner. But actually, like, you don't want that really hard look. You'll just get told you're too hard for the class. They want that slightly softer look.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, and even Romana, when she did figure over um, in Budapest, she has striated glutes and they marked her down for it. So even in figure, to some extent, that they don't want striations in glutes. But getting to physique, you would kind of need... Like, when I competed last year, it was very, like, boxed off. Like, you need that boxed off, like, glute look. But striations, you wouldn't get marked down. But in other categories, like like you said, like, you need to remember what the category requires and bikini and figure and stuff like that. Figure, I guess, is on the fence, I guess. But, like, with bikini and stuff like that, you shouldn't be having striated glutes. They should be a soft, like, I say soft, but harder look, but not striated.
0: Yeah, and... And that's the thing. And I think like a lot of people seem to go into this as being like, right, I've got some muscle. Now it's a dieting contest. yeah, I'm going to be the leanest on stage. And it's like, no, it's not about being the leanest on stage. you know you need to have that muscle and you need to have the right look like yes be lean but don't be so lean that you're literally like inside out because you'll just get moved into trained bikini or you'll get moved into exactly. figure. and if you get moved into one of those classes like yeah sometimes actually it's because that class does suit you better but sometimes actually it's because you don't suit bikini anymore because you're so fucking lean yeah you go into trained bikini or you go into figure and actually then you don't have the muscle for it
1: so yeah, you're been yeah.
0: doing yourself a disservice if you just come in a little bit softer, you could have won.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's it. It's it's chasing a category instead of chasing a look. Yeah. Like when people were like, Would you want to move into women's but bo- women's bodybuilding? I'm like, no, because I've chased a category for the majority of my life. I don't really want to chase another one that's not going to give me the same amount of like joy and love that I love for women's physique, and I don't want to take any more drugs, and that's just the be all or end all. Like, you know, it's categories require different things, and even though like there's a fine line between figure and physique now, they still require different things. They still require like the striated glutes and you know a little bit more muscle mass. And like granted that these figure girls are, are huge now, yeah, there's still a fine line between. IFB
0: like IFPB figure is massive.
1: you it's look mad, like you isn't it? Get in
0: like PCA or like. X or nfmk yeah. and like i mean they're still big girls but like the yeah jump from like that style figure to ifbb figure is insane
1: yeah it's mad mate. honestly like the diff- the, the difference in muscle mass is just tenfold from <laughs> professional to amateur like it is ridiculous but there's a fine line. There's still a separation between figure and physique, whether that be getting smaller and smaller each year, each category still requires different things. And I think it's very important to chase a category instead of like just continuing to keep going. Like you said, like if, there's a category that requires you to have slightly softer look then you're going to have to go for that unless you want to get moved up which nine times out of ten a lot of people don't want to do I mean when I first competed we won I tried athletic figure but I was too I was too toned I was too um shredded for it so we got moved up which was the initial plan but a lot of people don't want to be moved up because they want to like sit in a category that they've got their eyes on and if they do get moved up then they're only kind of opening themselves up for you know sadness I guess you could say but Uh, like
0: and also like I mean, sometimes it's fine, but sometimes it's like, so if you get moved from bikinis, train bikini, like it's fine. But if you get moved from like bikini to trained figure, which I've seen happen, mm.
1: that is a that's a mad move.
0: Yeah, I've seen it happen, and the thing is, you you get moved, and obviously this person's obviously then had their heart set on bikini. Yeah, going to do, and also that's how they pose, and then you're be oh, being moved. Damn, yeah, that's mad. Like, how do you pose for that? Yeah, you've got a Molly that runs down and finds people in the changing rooms and sorts <laughs> them out. But like, <laughs> it is like, okay, you've now got a twenty-minute crash course in figure posing. Like, yeah,
1: yeah, God, yeah, that's mad. Yeah, completely different posing. Completely different. Jesus, yeah, that's a ridiculous move.
0: <laughs> yeah, so you don't, you don't really want to be that person.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's for
0: sure. <laughs> and if your heart is set in bikini, like, because I've said to next year, I do want to do. Um, I'm going to do tone figure, but purely as like a business move yeah. to do the routine. Um, and people said like, oh, is that it you're going to move to figure? And I'm like, no, like I yeah. love the bikini. I love the look of bikini. I love the like cap shoulders, but the nice round glutes and the tight yeah. waist. And But yeah, it's also the physique that you're happy wandering around in like day to day. Like I like being this kind of size, like, yeah, mm. a little bit bigger, but yeah. For me, that's what's comfortable. Like, I struggle to find clothes that fit as it is. Like, I've not yeah. got, like, broad shoulders. Like, just, like, my bone structure. So, mm. to add more and more muscle onto that, like, I think I just get annoyed trying to find clothes, mainly, to be honest. Uh,
1: honestly, Molly, it's the fucking hardest thing. Like, I can't go out in nice clothes because I don't fit in anything. Like... Like and I'm not the biggest like girl in in women's physique by no stretch. Like yeah. and I can't find things to fit in. So it's kind of like if you don't want to get any bigger because you're more comfortable being as you are, then that's absolutely fine. Like I think too many think they need to keep going and going and going, which we're all hungry to progress. But then you need to think about the grand scheme of things instead of being like I'm just gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger. Okay, so what are you gonna do with that then? Like if you want to stay in bikini, what there's no point in you getting any bigger because that's not what's required from the category
0: yeah yeah i think i'm quite lucky that i still got like quite a bit of room to grind bikini which is quite nice that's good um yeah like definitely i've still got room to- and bikini's getting bigger as well
1: oh uh, like bikini like i think i saw someone do a show the other day in bikini and thought what in the high heaven like her shoulders were so capped. like she looked amazing but like looking at that i wouldn't have said that was bikini i would have said it was maybe figure but she's still got She, I think, I don't know what show it was, but she was still put in bikini and she fucking aced it. It's
0: mad. Um, like an IFBB one. No, I think it was a PCA. PCA girls are fucking big, though. They are, mate. They're they're huge. Like, (laughs) what they place their winners is literally like, you are big.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that.
0: (laughs) I'm like, okay, this is going a little bit insane now, but okay, we're Um, going with it. (laughs) Do <laughs> you? Um, but yeah like their girls are big but also so is like so is the IFBB bikini yeah. I had a good one on here a little while ago and she obviously oh, yeah. in PCA as um figure um I think she was toned figure though so she was obviously the smaller one although she said if she thinks she'd done it last year she probably would have been athletic yeah um, she obviously then won our pro card but then she said when she stood on the pro stage she wasn't the biggest on that stage, she said she still had room to, like, she still needed to grow. To yeah, catch to other girls, which is mad.
1: Yeah, that is mad. Yeah, that is mad. <laughs> oh dear, mad.
0: <laughs> More growing. Um. So, what kind of considerations would you want to be taking if you're using like fat burners? So, like, your creatine, your T three, your T four, your humbine
1: so what like what to kind of look out for i
0: guess like what were your kind of considerations because i always think of like pds is like and quite a lot of things that i do i always think of like risk to reward like what is the risk in taking this and then what is the potential reward
1: yeah okay Okay. so like like we were just saying of like thyroid stuff like t3 and t4 like you know the reward is essentially that you're going to lose weight regardless because like you said like any thyroid manipulation if you're going to lose weight you're going to lose fucking everything so that's why it's really important to be very aware of like what you're losing because if you're losing like kilos of weight over a certain over a short period of time it's most likely not going to be just fat it's going to be muscle as well right so that's something that you need to be aware of when looking at t3 and t4 um ultimately with clen as well like that's notorious for raising anxiety levels so again if you're someone that's prone to um, getting anxious or getting stressed or anything like that, then that can be something that Glenn can kick off. Um, And like, you know... Clean is a great fat burner, and essentially, it just increases like internal variables, like heart rate increasing, temperature increasing. Um, you know, you hear a lot of people getting the clean shakes. Like, obviously, you know, that's going to burn through calories because you're shaking all the time. Because obviously, it's just the demands on the body that's going to create more of an expenditure, kind of like well, it's not more of an expenditure, but it's more of a demand on the body because you're shaking all the time. So that's going to burn more calories. Like, so when it comes to clean, like I said, if you're susceptible to anxiety or anything like that, then it's probably a no for you. Um, if you look out for kind of like, if you've had any heart issues before yeah. as well, that's really yeah. important. Like don't take clen, don't take anything that's going to raise your heart rate to oblivion. Because if you don't dose clen correctly then it can be quite dangerous Mm -hmm. um so that's definitely one to look out for if you're thinking about using clen i would always advise people to kind of start at a very low dose of like 20 mcgs to be honest because absolutely yeah like if you just fucking throw in like 40 or 60 mcgs then you're just in for a world of pain like i'm a big person and like even Forty to begin with, it kind of like hits me a little bit, and then it kind of just settles off. Like with clen, you'll find it if you're on it for a couple of weeks, it gets better. Um, your body does adapt to it. That's where you kind of need to increase the dose. But that's definitely something that a lot of people aren't aren't aware of. Is like you know, if you have had previous medical histories that involve your heart, it's probably not the best thing to look out for when you get when you're thinking about taking clen. Um, Yahimbin, like, admittedly, I've only kind of started looking into it this year. It's something that I haven't actually really utilised myself. Um, Mm -hmm. And all I really know is that, you know, Yahimbin is probably better when it's utilised for a 90-minute period of time, fasted in the morning. So your expenditure should be higher during that time as well. Um, Regarding kind of, like, side effects, again, like, I don't really have that much knowledge in this area because I've never really used Yahimbin before.
0: From what I know, it's very similar to Pembryorol. Um, Again, I've not taken it because, like I said, I am very concerned it's going to give me really bad anxiety.
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) but it works very well with clenbutrol.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: Um, but again, it's that raising the heart rate, um, raising like body temperature. Um, I think someone said it made them shake, but I'm not. I'm not too sure on that Mm. one because I think it's quite. It's quite weak and it works in a different way to clenbutrol. Yeah, uh, like. Yeah,
1: that's the thing. I think clen is a little bit harsher, isn't it?
0: yeah because your humbine i think you can get away with the most natural federations really yeah oh, I, didn't like, know that. Okay. I would double check the rules but a lot of natty guys use um your humbine. but like i said it might not be i know some like natural federations are very much like like not even any implants and things like that yeah yeah so i think it would get it would depend on the federation But from what I know, a lot of um, natural federations because you can buy it in, um, like in over-the-counter fat burners, can't you?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yes, you can actually. Yeah, you can just buy it offline, can't you?
0: Yeah, some some like fat burners contain yohimben. I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't remember things like that.
1: Um,
0: Yeah, (laughs) but but like they do contain it. So yeah, it is one that I think um, in certain federations. I'm guessing probably more the American ones because. I think your humbine is legal in America. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think it is because I know obviously, and you'll probably know talking to Adrian a lot, there's a lot of things that like we can't use over in the UK um for supplements, but you can use in like America. So I'm, I'm pretty sure like uh, melatonin is legal in America.
1: I think so, yeah.
0: Here, I've got a feeling GABA might be as well. So there's think, like lots of different yeah. ingredients that like we can't use, but like in America they can and stuff. Mm. um and i've got a feeling a humbine is one which is why then if it would be an american natural federation it would be okay
1: yeah would make sense wouldn't it really uh, like yeah
0: i'm not 100 percent sure on all this but this is kind of like my thought process yeah um, yeah from what i know like that kind of would make sense
1: yeah yeah um, i mean i've never i mean i'm yeah i've never like used it myself so i can't really comment much on it um and yeah, I've, I've heard great things from it, but I've never really utilised it myself. But to be fair, like those four would be like T3, T4, Claren and Yohimbin. Maybe Yohimbin a little lower on the list, but those three would be probably my heavy hitters when it comes to kind of like fat loss, yeah. especially, in a, especially in a prep situation. If it was like just a lifestyle diet, I wouldn't use any of those.
0: Yeah. Do you have much views on Alcarotine?
1: Alcarnitine, for- like... I used Elcon like injectable well carnitine for my 2021 prep, and whether it made a difference, I have no idea. um Maybe like a percentage difference, but I've never used it since. um So yeah, again, like I just wouldn't really. I think if you've got the money to buy it and you've got the way and you've got the ability to use it, then give it a go. But it's one of those things that's like, meh. You're probably yeah, just.
0: I've never yeah. really been that fussed about, it, but I thought we'd cover it anyway because I know it's one that people do throw in the mix. Um, yeah. But I'm the same with you. And also, like, I just don't want to inject myself.
1: Yeah, like, that was the thing, like, and it really hurts. The PIP with injectable L-carnitine is gnarly. And it's at the p- point, like, yeah, it, it's just horrendous. And, like, I inject into my quads and shoulders. So, like, quads alone, like, a lot of people don't like injecting them into the, into them because of their very, very very sensitive area. But, like, injecting L-carnitine with the PIP like it has, it's just horrendous. And you have to inject it every day when you're on PrEP. So it's kind of like you're already rotating sites and you're already injecting like your PEDs, but then you're also injecting L-carnitine. So you just get sick of the site of needles. And like as a women, like, as women, we don't really inject as much as men. So throw that into a men's cycle and they're injecting even more than we would be. So it's kind of yeah. like, you know, if you really want to jab yourself more than you already are, I think because it's, it's water based, so you wouldn't be able to put it in a pin with oil-based stuff because it just wouldn't it It just doesn't work well um so you'd have to take two pins and then it's just yeah it's way it's not even worth the hassle yeah
0: i i always just think of it and think nah
1: yeah it's not worth it
0: <laughs> pain like i think the difference it might make like i think i'd just rather do like an extra like five to ten minutes cardio yeah 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 that's it yeah, yeah that's fine. like don't jab me <laughs> i'll just do that it's cool yeah <laughs> a lot of it is about like with fat burners like yeah okay do you know what it 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 helps but like with fat burners like you can do it you can get lean like without it
1: yeah for sure i mean yeah
0: and things like that yeah like
1: i think someone asked i heard this question on um fuhad podcast the other day and he was like could you just get lean without having to be in a deficit by just utilizing fat burners and it's like well the fundamental part of a diet is the fact you're in a deficit. So you're not going to, you're not, yes, you may be leaner, but you're not in a deficit. So like I said, the composition may change marginally, but like, or minimally, sorry, but like you still need to be in a deficit to be able to lose weight. So no matter whether you're using fat burners or not, the deficit needs to be apparent for you to lose weight in in the long run. Yeah. You
0: know? And the thing is as well, like, okay, you could chuck all of those in, right? You chuck the full kitchen sink it, and you drop like a kilogram the first week, right? You drop a kilogram the second week. And then, like, what, you are just going to keep adding more drugs in? Like, how many drugs are you going to take? And what effect is that going to have on your body just to, like, eat the same amount of food?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's it. So, Um, yeah, you need to be in that deficit to really see any fat loss. At the end of the day, PEDs are there to be used as a tool. They're not there to be used as a fundamental part of whatever it is that you're doing. So a lot of people who ask me who are like, oh, I'm thinking about using PEDs and stuff like that. And I'm like, look there are so many more variables that you need to be controlling for a long period of time before you even consider doing PDs. Like uh, yeah. is your nutrition on on point? Is your training on point? Are you training with the intensity that you should be training with? Or are you kind of half-arsing it? Is your hydration good? Is your sleep good? Like is your digestion? It's just so many things that need to be taken into account before you even think about putting an exogenous hormone in your body, because realistically so much more can be achieved with say five, 10 years of consistent, um, progress consistently hitting yeah. those variables then anything that a drug can do and unless in my opinion like unless you're looking to get on this on stage or like be a big time in bodybuilding you shouldn't be using peds like you know i have a big thing about people just using pets for getting ready for a festival or getting i just don't i don't no, agree with it at enough. all and some people are like yeah but it's my choice i said like, yeah but are you really wanting to risk your health to a point where
0: wow, is you're saying that is like people will use them to like because they want to go to a beef or they want to go to a festival or something, right? What are you then doing at that festival as well? Or at yeah. yeah, if you mix clenbuterol with fucking cocaine, I can only imagine that's going to be a recipe for like disaster,
1: yeah, exactly, exactly, mate, and it's just. Like I had someone the other day uh, message me and was like, oh, I've got this client. She's like a 40 year old lady and she's from the army. So she's in great shape. Like, and she just wanted to take her physique to the next level. And I was like, okay, send me some pictures and I'll give you my advice. And then he sent me some pictures over and I was like, well, first of all, don't take drugs. Like, and he obviously didn't really like that. And I was like, what, what's her ultimate goal? She just wants to get better. Doesn't she? She can do that without utilizing any PDs because she's a 42 year old lady why are you throwing in peds now like it's just it's just such a waste of time like it's just dangerous and if she's already got like a i guess a military background and a military headspace she's going to be very regimented with what she's doing and she can achieve a lot from just increasing her training and increasing her intensity throughout training
0: yeah and i also feel the same with um girls and they're like i just want to stop on stage for the first time in like bikini yeah okay maybe a little bit of climate or something maybe but, like, I really don't think that we need to be, like, shoving anything else in these girls.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because, you know, especially when they're, you know, I know you said, like, you're, you'd are you always been thinking about the Olympia, like, this has always been your dream. But that's yeah. not what for some people. They're like, I just want to take off the bucket list. Yeah. And maybe, like, do it. Like, 100% go and do it. But don't then put something in your body that could then have kind of, like, a real negative long-term effect for something that you just want to try and see if you enjoy it or not.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, it's just, I think people just jump to the conclusion, think PEDs are a magic pill, and they're really they're not. They're just a little tool that we can utilize to get bigger and better. And really, realistically, they just aid in recovery, aid in protein synthesis, that kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what PEDs are. And I think you need to have every other variable nailed before you even consider thinking about PEDs, especially as women, because the things that we can experience with PDs, like, you know, like voice deepening, jaw increasing, click growth, that kind of thing, are things that we can live with for the rest of our lives. And if you're not thinking about getting on stage, like as an experienced bodybuilder, like like you said, not just one that's going to be on stage for a bucket list, but one that's going to compete, continually compete and try and get somewhere with it, then maybe consider it. But it's just not worth it. And some people are like, yeah, but you take steroids. I'm like, yeah, because my goal is much greater and I understand the risks and I'm willing to take that risk. But if you're just going for a first timer or or like, and just wanting to kind of take it off the bucket list or go to vet, then just don't, just don't risk it because it's just not worth it. Because like I said, we've got to deal with these side effects for the rest of our lives. And that's when we get the horrible hate, like, Oh, that woman looks like a man or she sounds like a man and stuff. And it's just a a lot of young ladies don't really expect what can actually happen. And that's why we do podcasts like this more and like my own is because people need to realize that taking drugs as women is a massive risk like yes there is risks involved with it whether you're male or female but with a male we can take as much test and already really you know they're already a they are already a man you know so like if we took tests like yes there's obviously trt which like i utilize trt a couple of other physique fa- ladies use and just a, a variety of ladies use it for different reasons right but like Yeah, if we took way more tests than we should do, we turn into a man. And then that's things that we've got to live with for the rest of our lives. So when it comes to like coaching, when we're using PDs, we need to be very, very conservative. And we also need to have the conversation with that client in the fact that are you really willing to do what it takes? And are you really willing to know what the risks are? Because you're now opening yourself up to risks. Like I've never wanted kids, but if I wanted kids, like, you know, can I have them now? Is that because I haven't had a period for, for, I can tell you like since July last year because of my cycles and my muscle mass and stuff like that. Like, don't get me wrong. We've tried to get it back. And because, you know, personally I would like to have a period, but it's a risk that I've taken and it's a risk that is just going to happen. And a lot of ladies are like, they just don't understand it. So if you're someone who has a coach and you're open to having that, that conversation with them, or you were thinking about taking PDs, just have that conversation where you're actually talking about the risks and the rewards because, like I said, some of the risks are just not worth it. Especially if you're a young lady who wants to have a family, then just really put your cards out on the table and have a think about it. Because I I will never condone the use of steroids, but if someone wants to use steroids, then I will try and give them as much information as possible to help them make that decision. And I think that's
0: the the right way to go about it. And I even think we've kind of... um... Uh, recreational drugs as well I actually think that that's actually a lot of what is wrong with um you know the UK is that there isn't any education in drug use and with recreational drugs as well and I actually think that's yeah. why we have a lot of um you know you go to a festival and someone's had an overdose and they're like in a hospital or like they're you know worst case people die from it and I think a lot yeah. of the time it's because that education hasn't been there have like okay do you know what you're going to take drugs you know you sit there and you're younger, right? And you're in school, and like everyone's like, "Oh, should we do some MDMA? Should we do this? Should we smoke some weed?" Yeah. That happens, right? And there's so many people, and this is not this isn't even just bodybuilding, but so many people that will sit there and be like, "Oh, let's do drugs, right?" You yeah. are never going to stop people from doing drugs. Mm, yeah, that's say it. like, well, we're going to arrest you and we're going to tell you off. Like, yeah, yeah, you're not going to stop it but if we can educate people to go. Okay, do you know what? I'm not going to stop you from taking it. You're going to make your decision. You're an adult. Yeah. You make that decision. But this is how we do it. It's the safest way possible. And this is what, you know, you might expect if this happens. And yeah, I think that's kind of the best way that we can go about this. Yeah. Um, so kind of what were the risks um, of obviously taking kind of your more anabolic muscle growing PEDs?
1: Yeah, so like obviously you've got the common ones that are like voice deepening, um, jaw thickening, um, obviously hair growth. It doesn't necessarily have to be on just the chin or the face. It can obviously be in other areas like... Um, I've heard of some ladies getting chest hair growth which is a little bit mad um, if you're naturally already quite a hairy lady it's going to obviously increase that tenfold so you know, I, you know I know a few people like I said who's have chest chest hair growth they've had hair, hair growth on their back that kind of thing obviously naturally we get like leg hair and shit like that but that can increase quite considerably when you're using androgens um, obviously downstairs you can get quite a lot of clitoral growth as well which is something that you know a lot of ladies don't want to talk about especially if they've got male coaches but this comes back to the importance of communication with your coach is if your coach is professional enough and you have a good open honest athlete coach relationship then you should be able to tell your coach like, look like i'm growing." you don't have to directly be like oh, i'm having click growth but like you could just be like look something's going on downstairs a little bit it's a little bit bigger than normal you know i don't know what to do what what can i do and your coach should give you the right tools in order to decrease that or just eliminate it completely and, and my advice with that is if something is popping up like a side effect like that Eliminate drug completely, like, because it's not worth it. The sooner we can eliminate that drug, then the quicker you're going to get into more of a safe zone before that kind of side effect lasts much longer than it should do. And it stays with you for much longer. So like, that's something that, you know, is really important is just having that communication with your coach when it comes to PDs and women obviously naturally as well the loss of periods naturally we're going to lose them because when we prep we're going to be at a lower lower amount of fat anyway and that's mm-hmm. you know dangerous levels of fat on our body like literally minimal percentages of fat on our body and obviously fat is very important for hormonal balances and hormones in general and obviously as women we have you know we we're you know, we're on this earth to birth, like to birth right so we you know, we need to have periods to have babies blah 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 but we're going to lose those periods and obviously utilizing peds is only going to accentuate the fact that you're not going to have a period and like i said a moment ago i haven't had a period for a long time obviously we're doing what we can to get it back but that's a risk i've completely opened up to and it's a risk i understand
0: and And like i said it's very different like hypothalamic area um obviously the loss of your cycle it is reversible it's completely reversible
1: exactly yeah
0: but is it so reversible if you're still taking peds like
1: yeah i mean it's been it's been weird like some some years i've had them when i've been on cycle or some years i haven't had them like it's completely strange in the fact that there's no like you know normally you would know when your period is right like it's not like a set day on a week or whatever um but for me like I, it's so sporadic like i'm actually i actually spoke to um tiny titan vicky from instagram about it um because with my bloods my estrogen levels were absolutely fine obviously my testosterone is a little bit higher because i run trt um but my essay. HbG was really low as well, which is kind of reading as a false positive, because if my oestrogen is absolutely fine, then technically I should be having periods, but I'm not. But if my SHBG is though, because obviously that's a binding globulin, so that will bind to androgynous hormones in our body. So they're the naturally produced hormones. But if I'm supplementing with exogenous hormones, so testosterone converts to oestrogen. That estrogen in my body is actually technically exogenous, not endogenous, so there's nothing to bind to, so it kind of creates a false positive. But after speaking to Vicky, obviously we, you know, we want to make sure that the lining of my uterus is not obviously growing because then that increases the chance of ovarian cancer. So like, it's kind of one of those things that if you're not having a period and you haven't for a long time, get your bloods done first of all, and obviously mm-hmm. have a look at them. I get mine done through Eval. Um, I think they're a great, a yeah, great okay. like people to go to they I've had no complaints of eval Um, ever since I've used them, ever since I've turned pro, I've utilized eval a lot. And then if you're unsure of anything regarding kind of like your blood in total, either book with someone that you're happy to talk to, things like I obviously have Tom, but I like to get a second opinion. I'm very close with Vicky. So we spoke about it and then we've decided that a scan needs to be booked. So I'm going to have a scan to have a look and see what's like internally going on. Obviously, if there is no lining, then it's obviously just a false positive. So that's a massive thing is if there is anything worrying you, then you need to either get the the confidence to speak to someone who may be a little bit more specialised in that area. It's really really important, and it
0: is it is a difficult one as well because actually, um, because this is what I'm studying at the moment is to be a women's health practitioner in hypothalamic amenorrhea. Yeah, and it's actually really difficult because HA. It's like when you're bodybuilding and you're prepping and you lose your cycle, like it's going to be HA. But yeah. actually, like in your case, it it may not be. Mm. Yes. so this ha is actually like a condition where you've ruled everything out so you've ruled out polycystic ovaries uh, which you can obviously do for a blood test you've mm. ruled out anything like any sort of pelvis or spinal disalignment that's stopping things uh working down there um and you're ruling out any other kind of issues so um like pregnancy stuff like that yeah as well um so i guess it's difficult one because if you don't you like if you've lost it for that long and you've tried a lot of things, then it's going back to the drawing board and being okay. Like we have assumed it's this, but mm. maybe it's not. Then, yeah. Um, and obviously, as well, what's quite interesting is the course that I'm doing is all on very much like well, it's a holistic course, and that's the only course you can get on HJ. Um, oh really? Yeah. Do you know what that's I? Fun. I started looking into it, and there's only one course um like this you know certified qualification in ha and it's over the girls that run it are in texas oh and they've never had a bodybuilder do the course before or bodybuilding really? which i was like that's fucking mental that is mad that is mad just go over there for a holiday uh no just online
1: no, oh okay that' <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that's fine I'm-
0: I'm not going to, go to Texas for like a month. I just,
1: I just, <laughs> I just posted it online. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. No, that's mad though.
0: Yeah. But it is, it is reversible. And it is, I guess, like you said, it's like looking at everything and Yeah. That, but I mean, I guess that's a complete other topic of conversation anyway. Oh,
1: yeah. That I could, we could talk about that for hours to be
0: fair. And then also <laughs> saying that, I think with that, I think people throw firm tests at it far too soon.
1: Yeah. I would agree. I would definitely agree. I think, you know, I've heard of like, i mean obviously individual dependent i don't know who's going through what or whatever but you know the use of fem tests in a lot of bikini ladies like at, di- at dosages that i'm not even on like i take two migs of fem Test a week um split into two doses and i've never really gone any higher because i don't feel the need to but i've heard of people using like five to ten migs of fem test a week and these are bikini girls like you know i i firmly believe that the- obviously when i first started cycling drugs and stuff i didn't have You know, I would just come off them cold turkey um, and I would go into quite a depressive state and stuff like that. That's why we utilize TRT, because my hormones would just tank. Mm -hmm. Um, We didn't use them really. We didn't just throw it in because there was no reason we utilized it because my, my hormones were just tanked after each cycle. And I also think that it's aided me in holding the muscle mass that I have, because at the end of the day, I'm a five foot four female who's over 80 kilos and without that additional part of, I mean, everyone might be thinking, oh, that's bullshit. It probably doesn't do that. But like, you know, I firmly believe that having that fem test in is, I mean, it's, yes, it's elevated my mood, sex drive, that kind of thing, but it's also aided me in, you know, holding the tissue that I have because without it, I think I would just, I would shrink.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. But I do see it with bikini girls. And I think that the reason you see it in bikini girls is because they lose their cycle and bikini girls, Lot of coaches don't like to push them up in body weight. Mm, okay. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, you don't want to get too fat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I see that quite a lot. Yeah. Shut up.
0: <laughs> so it's a fucking way. You'll be all right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> get your cycle back. And they're like, it's not back after three months of pushing up our weight. We've pushed our weight up by three kilograms. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously it's not going to. So we're going to use foam test. I'm like, what? Uh. Like, no, yeah, just not more than like three, four. Like you know, you see them. Like we, we're we now five kilograms above stage weight I'm like, yeah. Now
1: time for you? a mini cut. like
0: Oh, literally, let's mini cut now. I'm like, why? Like, yeah, I don't know. The I I person's period is not coming back because you're mini cutting them. After mini cutting them, their relationship with food is horrendous. They're binging because they still haven't got their cycle. Their hormones are in a horrendous place. You know, yeah. a lot of this to do with leptin levels as well. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, my period won't come back. And you're like, oh, fuck's sake.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's mad, isn't it? It's crazy. And I think, again, coming back to the importance of getting blood tests done, like, like even as a natural person, you should be getting, like, blood tests done just to oh, see how I'm people really are internally. To. Yeah, like, I think a lot of people are like, oh, natties don't need their blood tests done. But yes, they do. So just get them done.
0: <laughs> Spend the money.
1: <laughs> yeah, take my money. Like,
0: Yeah, like, I've never taken, like... I've taken pads, but I've taken, like, Calambitrol, T3, my T4 for one day.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, and I did Psalms as well. I did a cycle of that. Um, but I've still got my blood test done. And people be like, oh, you don't need it. Like, you're not really taking anything. I'm like, yeah, but actually taking that then made me think about taking the thyroid hormone. I was like, I'm not yeah. going to take that again because this is not quite right. Yeah. It's this issue. So now I can make that informed decision to never take that again. And do some more cardio, which I'm yeah. sure I, I regret this decision. Give me
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, but
0: why don't I just take the drug?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: but yeah. Um, of course, you should be saying so. I know we said about being a really this is gonna be such a long podcast, but there's just so much that we're talking about, which I know right. is so interesting for people. Um, and this is something that I know I've seen you say it on like your reels on your podcast. Um was about precautions to take because obviously, I mean, you said like your girlfriend's very good. She says to you like, oh Sarah, like, I can see this, that. Yeah. It's in a relationship, but not everyone's got a partner that's even like observant. Like, you know, this. I've had boyfriends. Joe's pretty good to be fair, but I've had boyfriends in the past. I could have shaved my head and they wouldn't have noticed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> you look different.
1: Yeah, and something's um, off about you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so obviously, I know you've spoken about like a voice app or something kind of you said about things like that. Do you want to share with the guys like these things that you've kind of used and utilised?
1: Yeah. So like um, I've just, well, to be honest, like I've literally had the people around me. But like you said, if they're they're not available to you and, and, and it's things that, you know, you want to be more aware of, I think. One is the coach that you're working with It's really important because there'll be obviously someone that will notice if something's changed or if you're finding that, like, for example, I don't know. It's really tough because I've I've literally had the people around me, Mm -hmm. Um, but I guess... If, like I said, if your coach, if you have a good relationship with your coach, then they'll kind of say to you, like, are you experiencing anything different? And if you are, then obviously tell your coach. But I think when you get side effects as women, you're very in tune with your body as well. So like, Downstairs growth You you should know If you're I know this sounds really weird But like Have a look Like you should be in tune With your body Especially when you're on PDs Like if you notice When you have a look That something is different Which you it, it would be You know The changes that you see Would be drastic It wouldn't be like You know Oh I think it's bigger it, It's very much A slightly larger thing than it was before like I had someone message me the other day and was like look I'm experiencing this growth downstairs it's very apparent and obviously you would notice it because again as females we're very in tune with our body if you're that way inclined you know what I mean so it's very important to check um and just be just know exactly what your body is like on, uh, during the time that you're on peds um voice as well like this is a funny one it's very person dependent but when you're slightly more raspy like for me I, it's just the way the tone of my voice, it just sounds a little bit more like a little bit lower. Whereas, like, some people it get it comes again very quickly. And it's just, you would know it's, as well as something as well that a lot of people say is they get sore throats. So, if okay. you go on a, if you go on like a cycle, um, and you're after like a week, you get really sore throat. That's normally an indicator of something going on going on that you need to sort of just pull the plug. Um, hair growth, again, that's very much just something that you notice yourself. Cause like that's how I noticed it. It was like a little bit like. It's not like um, not like soft hair that you get on like your face or anything. It's it's harsh like dark. Hair. Well, it's like pubic hair essentially, and you okay. that's just obvious to yourself. Like if you look into, even if you like wear makeup or whatever, you're obviously looking at your face all the time, right? And if you notice something slightly different in your face, that's how I notice mine. Then that's probably an indicator that either like test levels are slightly elevated or whatever like kind of thing. So with me, like this doesn't bother me because I can just shave it off but some people would be a little bit more like, eh, probably need to stop. But again, it's down to whatever you're like willing to push yourself to. But things like clitoral growth, uh, hair growth, voice changing, then they can be noticeable to some extent. Um, But again, that's something that you could do is like what you said earlier with like the voice app models, like you can actually just record yourself pre-cycle and then just record your voice like free cycle And if something changes, then you can obviously just pull the plug. Like I know there's, there's a lady out there that started, you know, she's got a video of her before Cycle and her a video of her like after cycle and her voice just massively changed. Like so if you want variables that you can kind of see and hear every day, then record your voice at the beginning of the cycle. Record like and just say like hi, my name is whatever. And then just keep doing that. And if you hear of changing your voice, then the plug i mean if if you like record it in the morning listen to it in the evening then you kind of have that time away to not listen to your voice and then listen to it on the recording and then you can kind of see that okay actually my voice does sound a little bit more raspy or whatever then you can just pull the plug on that kind of thing
0: Amazing. and kind of what you're saying there is like um with like being very open with your coach being very honest with coach but also taking second opinions as well and like mm-hmm something that we kind of said about this before we started recording was like I've seen people go like oh do you know what I want to start using pets now that conversation might be me saying say you're my coach right now and I might say to you like oh I've, I've decided like I don't want to be natural like I want to use pets right
1: mm.
0: what I mean is I just want to use a little bit of can or all this prep because I just want to get leaner with you know a bit quicker whatever right yeah some coaches that say you know you say that to him they're like Awesome. So we're going to take Cambrian, your humbine, T3, T4, um, Anavar, fucking, a yeah, yeah, house. We're going to throw the whole kitchen sink at you. Yeah. There is two very different things between taking that kind of first step and then just taking everything.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think one, it comes down to, I guess, the individual's goal, but. Even then, if I was like a bikini girl that wanted to move up to physique, I wouldn't bung everything into their cycle because it it's just not smart. And as a coach, the health of your client should be the utmost important thing that regardless of anything else, health for a client should be your priority. I don't give a fuck what anyone else says. If my client said to me, so, I want to take trend," I'd be like, absolutely not. We're not doing that. And if she fucking goes and does trend, then that's that's her own fault. But, like, as a coach, I'm like, no, we're not doing that. And if someone came to me from bikini wants to do the physique, I'd be like, okay, like, let's just explore other avenues. So if you said, I want to start PDs, okay, so like maybe we should start some Osterine. Obviously, Osterine is a psalm. Um, I've never really utilised any other psalms outside of Osterine just because I, I don't really – I think they're a bit wishy-washy, but from the respect for yeah, I think it's you know I used it way that that was the first thing that I used was a little bit it's of like that First
0: steps, isn't it? It's like exactly of, like, going yeah. to, like something really strong. Like mm. I could have taken like anavar and gone straight yeah. up to that, but actually I could have just gone. Oh, I'm just gonna do cycle of
1: Yeah, exactly. That's it. And I think it's again, like it's baby
0: steps, isn't it?
1: Exactly. And that's really important. Because again, like if you start throwing everything at your client, and then they get all these side effects, like, I don't know what's going on, like, that's just really, really dangerous. So I think baby steps when it comes to things that like comes to people that want to have a look at PEDs, then just take it as slow as possible. Like, yes, all of us want to be like, I just want to go now. Like I want to improve now and out. But like, yeah. it's coming back to that risk and reward. If you're just having a coach that's throwing the kitchen sink at you, then that's just fucking dangerous and it's stupid. And I know a lot of coaches do that. And I'm not here like saying, like, oh, I'm the best coach. Like, but, you know, I think coaches that are very conservative with drug use and know a little bit more about the risk and reward, especially with female clients, are ones that like, you know, people should go to because I would yeah. rather have my clients on as little drugs as possible then pummeling them with the kitchen sink. Like, especially when it's like a prep scenario as well, you hear these coaches have people running T3 for like 16 weeks. And it's like, what, where are you going? Like you can't realistically, like the dosage is only going to go up, isn't it? Like, so, it's being smart about what you're doing in prep as well. So, like, okay, so we're going to just use cardio and, and manipulations of diet for the first, like, I say it's like a 16 week prep. You know, the drugs start to go in about 10 weeks, depending on obviously your category. Like, for me, Primo would probably go in about 10 to eight weeks, but the first like four, four or five weeks are all manipulations of diet and cardio. Like, and if you just throw everything in at once, you have no room to go. So, not, yeah, it's just.
0: Your thought might be different to this but i think if you throw everything in at the same time as well so day one of prep we're yeah t- we're taking clam we're taking t3 we're taking t4 we're taking your humbine uh we're taking um primo right from day one um yeah. what happens if something isn't quite right right you're not feeling quite right you know your heart rate's through the roof you've got headaches you know you've got all of these kind of issues that might be going on how do you know which one's caused that if you've thrown everything in at the same time?
1: Exactly. Yeah, you can't. It's,
0: it, it, like it's you might difficult. react really badly to something. Mm.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's it. And especially if you're a newbie, like let's go back to that like PED moment where you're someone that wants to just start peds, going into a, you know, going into unassisted federation. Uh, sorry, an assisted federation, and you wanna you wanna just explore every avenue. So you've got a coach now that's throwing the kitchen sink at a client, they are they're unsure as what kind of giving them what reaction. So okay, you're going to have to take that out, but then your client is now 10 weeks out. Okay, so that's now a limited time that you can get ready. Now you're rushing prep, and that whole package is ruined because you had to rush prep because they've had a, a nasty reaction to a drug that you still don't know what drug that was because you've thrown everything at the kitchen sink. So it's just, it's very much about, you know, like I said, and like you said through this podcast, drugs are there to be utilized as tools at the very least, like last moment, like it's just just about knowing when to implement them knowing when to manipulate things regarding drugs but manipulating diet and expenditure and cardio whatever is probably the first thing that you should be manipulating in a prep like i'm 15 and a half weeks out tomorrow i don't expect tom to put anything in until at least 12 10 weeks and we're talking fat burners first which would probably be 12 weeks and then obviously dependent on how i'm looking at the time and then we'll just go from there like a lot of coaches, I think, I mean, everyone is different, but for me, like I have a very brief outline as to how I want my clients prep to go, but every day is so different on a prep, especially at the back end of it, that you can't create a plan because you just need to manipulate things as you go. So like if someone is is lean enough at say 10 weeks, maybe putting in like a, like a or say, say they're really lean at 12 weeks, we could put a fat burner in, but if they're making good headway without one, let's just keep it out. There's no need to use it, you know?
0: I think that like if then they they start to stall and you know when you you get to that point in prep and like every time they check in and their weight is just exactly the same you're like yeah let's do some food yeah still the same cool right uh, let's have some more cardio right it's still the same yeah okay
1: yeah yeah that's it
0: like that okay cool let's put something in now
1: yeah we get it.
0: to that point like you said is there really any need to mm.
1: yeah yeah or we can
0: still obviously be dieting still be using cardio things like that like not really. So that kind of like, Mr. Ward, we've spoken about this whole time, setting yourself boundaries. So they're like things that you like to set yourself like, OK, I'm happy to take this unless X, Y and Z happens. And everyone's going yeah, so, to be different as well, of course.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, um, I'm very much uh, 100% in or not. Like, I won't do something half-assed. I've always been like that. And, you know, like, funnily enough, actually, when I was younger, I said I'd never do steroids. And then when I started doing steroids, I said I'd never do injectables. And then I started doing injectables. I never said I'd do tests. And now I'm doing tests. Do you know what I mean? Like because you get hungry for those. You know, I see progression here. I see progression here, right? But I would never, ever, ever do anything like tren. I'm completely against that. I would never do high doses of tests. I would only utilize what I'm doing now. So one or two, yeah, even tests. maybe three mix of fem test, and you know anything that you know yeah all trends like i mean anything really that would meant a male would use in high doses to be honest like like things like halo testing and stuff like you know i've heard of women using halo in strong women's sports and things like that that's something that i would say well clear of um yeah. and yeah like literally i've only ever taken primo MPP, windstroll clen t3 t4 and um Anavar, and that's literally it i think off the top of my head yeah pretty much
0: and that's like your boundary that you're willing to set yourself and i guess like the side effects are the same um like for some women they might be like oh a bit of hair, my chin like i'm cool with that whereas yeah. other women like they'll be like absolutely not like I don't yeah care. yeah and like, that's, that's own personal boundaries and i think setting that sometimes maybe as well like at the beginning i'm just going to move because get the charges okay sometimes um setting that at the beginning of prep as well and then being like okay like i'm going to stick at this now because this is what i decided then
1: yeah, that's it. Like, you know, like some of the dosages, like I've never gone above twenty migs of anavar, and like I did the most, my highest, uh, you know, I did one of the biggest dosages of primo this year, which was hundred migs per week, and mm. that for a women's physique competitor is very low. Um, I've heard of some amateurs using, you know, upwards of thirty migs daily in a women's in a women's category, which is gnarly considering a lot of the IFBBs like that I know of. Obviously, there are some a high, many high dosages anyway, but of I I know that are on 20, 30 migs and they're IFBB pros, you know? So I would, I would push the dosage to a point where I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't think I would go much higher Unless it's really necessary and unless it's done very smartly, so like we wouldn't just bosh primo at two hundred mg a week. Do you know what I mean? Like we would start at maybe like one hundred and five, one hundred and ten, that kind of thing. But again, it's all dependent on how I'm feeling. Like if I get side effects, then I will just pull the plug and bring it down to a dosage that I'm actually I know suits my physique very well. Like mm. so, I think I would I'd be more than happy to push a little bit higher on the drugs that I'm already on, but I would never utilize drugs that are like really sort of very. um, very ripe in a male dominated bodybuilding scene like trend and stuff like that i think that's just stupid
0: and like the other thing as well is um like we we're saying like the IV pros are not actually running as much as people think and no. Like a lot of it is kind of you know you are very genetically gifted that you went straight in <laughs> you know you think, which is a bigger class it's not like going straight into bikini right yeah yeah and you've like fucking nailed it nailed it nailed it like you're Physique is made for that, and the same as like what we said right at the beginning with bikini. Like, there is a certain look that you have to have as a bikini girl, Mm. and like I've said this before, and I will continuously say this. Like, there is a certain bone structure, and you'll you'll probably say to me like it's the same in women's physique as well. But there is a certain bone structure that you kind of need to have, and there is kind of like where your muscles insert as well. Like, they need to be kind of in certain places to have that kind of look.
1: Yeah, for sure. I agree.
0: All the fucking drugs that you want at someone, right? But that is not gonna turn them pro. Yeah. And I've seen it on stage, right? There's been people up there and they're really, really muscular, they're really, really shredded, but their physiques are ugly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly
0: small waist. They Mm. you know, they might be very blocky in the waist, very kind of round in the stomach. (laughs) There's kind of like, you know, short legs and long bodies and all of these Yeah. And like that's how you're you're made.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: As much drugs that you want not in that person, they're never gonna be a pro.
1: Yeah, that's it. And I think I'm very yeah,
0: realistic about it as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, and I think with especially with bikini, to be honest, there are some girls that you can look at and be like, fuck me, you're gonna be a good bikini. You know, like my client Katie she um did really well last year i can't remember her placements off the top of my head but you look at her and you're like fuck yeah your bikini because you have such she has such a beautiful structure like you know slightly broad shoulders not broad too much that is too overpowering nice she's just got an amazing x-frame but an x-frame for bikini and yeah. i think that you know bikini is one of those categories that you look at someone and you think yeah your bikini do you know what i mean
0: yeah and yeah i, yeah, I just think yeah but I guess it's, it's probably the same. If I said to you, I'm sorry, like, I want to do women's physique, you'd probably be like, well, like we can chat loads. Of <laughs> you trend. <know? laughs> you need no. a lot of trend and Halo for this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: no, I think, yeah, I guess in the whole grand scheme of things, like, it does come massively to genetics. Um, I mean, you don't get a a non-genetic freak on the, on the Olympia stage, do you? They're all, like, the best of the best genetical people. Um yeah. And, like, I mean, if someone wants to get on stage and they're not genetically blessed, then so be it. But you can definitely tell the people that are born to bodybuild, you know?
0: Yeah, and, like, you can still do well, but, like, if your goal is to be IFBB pro or something and Mm. you start taking all these drugs and these side effects start to happen, but you're never going to be that. Yeah. Also, is being very realistic with yourself. is like, what are your expectations? Are they going to be achievable? Or do we just kind of – and that's again, comes down to, I think, having a good coach that says to you, Look, you know what? Maybe we won't aim for that. You know.
1: Yeah. It's great yeah.
0: to have goals. It's great to be ambitious, but let's just let's just try and win a show. Let's just try yeah.
1: That's it exactly. Like right. let's just take step step by step.
0: <laughs> by step. Um.
1: I think as well, like it, it, there's a massive thing in the fact that people, you know, like you said, they haven't even done a show yet, and they want to be a, on the Olympia stage. Like people don't realize the like we were saying this earlier with figure. Um, the difference in physique from amateur to pro. Like, you know, I, yeah, again, like I'm very lucky in the sense that I was already quite, you know, I wouldn't, we had about a year out or a year of a kind of improvement before I made my pro debut. But I think if you turn pro, you should have at least you should be ready to step on stage within a year i don't i'm like everyone turns pro and i yeah it's amazing it's amazing but i, I don't really massively agree with people who need five six years off season now i'm sure some people will know who i'm talking about but it's like you're not pro yet you are not pro standard if you're having to take an off season that's like five six years you know like as a female like it may be different but like you should be ready to stand on a pro stage within one two years because you you know the pro level is a completely different breed of women and uh, and men and you should be ready to you know be a pro straight off the bat one or two years back into the pro ranks you know and i think a lot of people think i'm going to turn pro and walk the pro leagues when it's like actually they will dwarf the fuck out of you because they're genetic freaks
0: There's very very few people that have done it i know um dean white he obviously won his pro card yeah. then dean's won the project the day after but then also he'd done he was a pca pro for years he'd won loads of shit with that yeah like, exactly he'd got that pro physique before he even went for the pro card
1: yeah yeah
0: and then just is like cool i'll just do this
1: yeah i mean dean's a dean's the nicest man going but like yeah and he's like you know it happens there's like anomalies like like dean but like mm-hmm. i saw someone post the other day and i thought dude, like you're not even close. Like it's, it's like I said, it's being realistic. Like, and that's not be me being an asshole. It's just me being like, look, like you just need to be realistic. Win an overall first. Like if you're, you haven't even won an overall and you're thinking, right, I want to, yeah, I want to be pro next year.
0: All the time. All the yeah, time. That's
1: it. Yeah, exactly, mate. And like I said, it's not being, being an asshole. It's me being realistic because I think a lot of people do need to come back down to earth. And I think again, like, this is probably a mixture of social media, people looking for gratification, that kind of thing, and getting on stage for the wrong reasons and being like, I can be the next c Bum when really a lot of us don't do it for gratification of others. Like, yeah. I don't give a fuck about what people think because I'm doing this for me. Like, women's physique is my goal. It's my purpose. And if you don't like the look, then you can fuck off. Like, but there are other people that are like, I need to get on stage because I want people to like my pictures and see my stage pictures. And then when, it, then when they realize that prep is actually fucking hard, they're like, I don't want to do it because i don't love the process and i say this to so many people and it's like if you don't love the process then you're not going to get the most out of it and like i've been you know prep has taught me so much about who i am as a person how much i can withstand as a person and how to approach different kind of areas of my life like until you're in the deep dark trenches of prep do you actually appreciate having time with partners, having time with your family, like just going out to the cinema and having food with you? You really appreciate the little things in life because you had them taken away. And it's like with prep, if you don't embrace the hardships that it, that it teaches you, then you're just going to be pushing it away. And it's just going to make prep harder and harder. You want to hate the process much, much more. Like, don't get me wrong. Prep is hard and it it does make or break you. But if you're that person that's just going to embrace every day in prep, then you will come out the other side and much much better person. Like if you're willing to, yes, obviously. Like sometimes it does get a little bit out of control when eating disorders are shown and and stuff like that. But you're still learning a lot about how much you can take as a person because it's what prep is. T- prep is not easy in any mean of mean or feet. And like I said, I've learned so much about how far I can push myself in a prep situation than I think any other situation I've ever had in my life. Oh. And when people think I'm just gonna walk on stage and prep, it's like. No hard. Like you need to realize there are some people that I would live or die for bodybuilding. Like, and I know that's really like some people might be like, oh, that's so cliche and so gay. But like, n- no, like if someone said to me, you need to take 150 mgs of primo, it'll knock five years off your life, but you're doing the Olympia. And I'd be like, fuck yeah. Like I would do that. And a lot of people would be like, oh, that's really sad. But nah, like I've literally dreamed. I wake up dreaming, I go to bed dreaming of the Olympia. And it's like you have these people that just walk on stage and think they're going to boss it when they're up against fucking monsters who have done this for years and it's like it's not maybe it's like a maybe it's just like a personal thing that i have but people yeah. just need to be more realistic realistic with their goals and it's if you want to get to olympia that is amazing <laughs> let's take it step by step get on stage win an over win your category win an overall then go for a, like a, a regional then maybe go for, like just take the steps instead of being like i'm going to get to olympia next year you know
0: um, but yeah and I also I think when people are like that do you ever feel that that kind of takes away from you and what you've done like the hard work that you put in when people just like yeah I can do that like I'm just gonna do that next year
1: yeah like I, I, I hate to sound like an arsehole and I, I, I really don't mean it to come across like that but like the years I've put in to turning pro and the hardships that I faced turning pro and the decisions that I've made and the family time I've lost through competing like we had a you know I've spoke to um uh, Rachel Daniels and she said to me like you know like I've lost countless hours with family with friends just to chase this Olympia dream and she said, and I wouldn't fucking change it for the world and it's like neither would I, but it's still the principle of losing those hours with people that you know, people don't understand that we have. I've literally given everything and I will continue to give everything if it kills me, you know. And it's like these people just walking on stage being like, yeah, nah, nah. it's like, no, 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 like you need to get dropped down a peg because you don't understand how much some of us give to this sport. Yeah. And then for people just to think they can walk on stage and be like, I'm the best of the best. No, it, it just doesn't work like that. And I think that's why I'm so respectful to the people that have done it before because I know how fucking shit it is. And again, it's like coming back round to the women's physique is – we're not just ladies that take drugs we're ladies that have to take drugs for multiple years to get to where we need and a category that people don't want to look at and we still continue to do it because we love the sport and we think it should be promoted and i think you know people just need to realize that if you want to do bodybuilding properly and you really love bodybuilding then you wouldn't be driven by social media which i think a lot of people are and oh, you know, that's me being massively, massively. completely truthful you know like yes like you said about tone figure doing it for business reasons like my trainer Connor got on stage for business reasons, which is absolutely fine. He now knows it. he doesn't want to do it again because it's grim. And that's completely fine. He's admitted that and stuff like that. And I think there is a time and a place for it. But I mean, but I'd, Manu, I'd, you're a anyway. Anyway,
0: like I would that... I'd go and compete. Like, because I love that. Like I never did it for business reasons. Yeah. Like, the last, you know, um kind of two seasons I did when I was on stage, it was never for that. Like I worked as a PT in a gym. Like, I didn't coach bodybuilders, I didn't do any of that. And It's purely, I'd be going up there anyway to compete bikini and I'll do it at an NFM UK show where I can do two categories. I'll go and do bikini, hopefully do all right in that. We'll see. Yeah. Um, And then I'll go do chain figure just to do a posing routine.
1: Yeah. That's why I say
0: it's for business. It it is, but it's kind of like.
1: Just for shits and gigs. At the
0: same time.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. A bikini, you can't do a routine in bikini, and I'm like, I've always wanted to do a
1: routine. <laughs> yeah, the routines are so much fun. <laughs> uh,
0: I choreographed one, and um, she did it a couple of weeks ago, and like, oh, it was so cool because I was like, I've just always watched it, and I've always like that bit of me, is that creative side. And I'm like, oh, I just want to do that because I, I just it.
1: want to do it myself. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was yeah. like, going to do it as well. So I'm like, right, fuck it, do it. No, roughly what song? Oh and yeah. I'm- yeah, i am do Kings of Leon.
1: Oh, nice. Nice. Yes. What, what song?
0: Kings of Leon.
1: No one. No, I've never heard a Kings of Leon song, to be fair, on stage.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, you must have heard of Kings I must of
1: Leon. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but not, uh, not on stage yet.
0: <laughs> I'm still listening to a few and I'm like, well, maybe that one, maybe that one. But yeah, I'm not 100% sure. But like, Kings of Leon is a really cool band. I've never heard it on stage, which is quite cool because do you know what frustrates me? Yeah. I mean the Viking songs. Oh, I know. <laughs> like, like everyone, every bloke on stage is a fucking Viking. Yeah. they doing their Viking song. I'm like, none of you are Viking. Or it's
1: like Somewhere I Belong by Linkin Park over and over again. Or Numb. That's a good one. Everyone uses oh, Numb. Num.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah. like this hardcore, heavy, metalhead guy. Yeah. One of the other. So I think Kings and E would be cool. And I think it would be cool as a woman because I think the women tend to do, like, these really, like... i was a survivor, whatever, fucking twiddly song. And I'm like, no, nah, that's not really me.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think that's what I say to a lot of my clients, is just, like, if you're going to do a routine, pick a song that's different, because, like if you're a judge or judging, you don't want to hear fucking Somewhere I Belong by Linkin Park 10 times because they're going to get bored of it. Like if you come up with a real punchy song, show a little bit of like passion, then it's just going to make the routine. It's a show at the end of the day. So pick a song that really resonates with you and then go. That's why I picked Dirty Diana last year, because it's like a really sexy song, but really punchy as well. Like, and it's just a nice way to display who I am as a person. Like, I think a lot of people go with what other people have done. I I say to people, don't do that. Like, pick something that represents you. I mean, I know the routine isn't judged, but it's still a display of your physique. So you need to take the time to be able to display your physique in the best way possible. And like after speaking to Lisa about it, I said like, look, like is the routine like really fundamental in any way, shape or form? And she said, well, if, if there's like a very tight tie between first and second, then we're going to utilize a routine.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And like you so, said, yeah. it means something to you. And like, I think the most beautiful routines I've ever seen have always been ones that you can see that that song meant something to someone. So Samson's one, um, not on, just gone. The one before that, obviously that was a dedication. Yeah. Um, and that was beautiful. Cause you could, you could see that, that meant something. Yeah. Like it really yeah. meant something. And I was like, yeah, that's beautiful. Like, that's really cool. I mean, I wouldn't pick a song like for that because it's, you know, I've got no one that I really, you know, there's a song that resonates kind of like that. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah so we'll see um the last question i have for you um and what everyone gets on the podcast as well is if there is one thing that you'd like everyone to take away from today's podcast what would it be
1: really consider the risk to reward when it comes to PDs. whether you be female or male make sure that you take the time to actually nail the variables that are fundamental to growth and progression so again be that nutrition training training intensity hydration digestion i could go on forever but make sure you're nailing those over a consistent amount of time and then again like just just do your research. Too many people jump to conclusions. Ladies, don't do your boyfriend cycle, the half-boyfriend cycle, because that's just stupid. Like the amount of horrendous stories I've had of ladies doing trend because their boyfriends said they should do trend because they're doing trend. Don't listen to your boyfriends. Um,
0: yeah, like uh, um, I actually had um, a client and her coach put on her her old coach put her on this ridiculous cycle. Yeah, I was like, ask him why he has put you on this. Yeah what his thought process was and his thought process was that i've got men uh that are on like a hundred she was taking 20 Banavar. and i'm like right but that is a man and you were yeah (laughs) it's mad isn't it yeah
1: yeah Yeah. so that's
0: me isn't is isn't a thought process like that is ridiculous
1: yeah exactly Um... so yeah just do your research exactly like just Do your risk to reward, what the risks are, and be open to asking people. Like, my DMs are always open to people that want advice and want something, or just even if you're like, I'm unsure of this. Like, obviously, I'm small but mighty 20 on Instagram. So, my DMs are always open. I'm sure you're the same, Molly. Like, your DMs are always open to people that need advice. Like, just utilize people that are willing to give you advice, know the risks, and really nail the variables that are fundamental to progression and growth
0: awesome is that probably the best place to find you then instagram
1: yeah i would say so um i do have an email but like it's just been all over the top today like type form and then emails it's just fine yeah instagram's fine
0: yeah Um, and you obviously have got your own podcast as well with romana
1: yeah so that's the WPD podcast like we've got some we've had some guests on and stuff recently uh, obviously Romana's like I don't even know how many weeks out she is like four weeks out maybe maybe so she's kind of in and out but yeah like I think it's like four weeks soon
0: it's Easy. very soon
1: yeah um, but yeah and that's basically everything in a anything WPD we've spoken to obviously figure girls and and wellness girls and stuff like that so it's not just women's physique but it's run by women's physique physique competitors to promote women's physique because obviously you've heard enough of it today but it's very important to us so we're going to do whatever we can to promote the category Um, and obviously it's it's very important to promote female sports and that's what we're trying to do is create a safe space for women to be able to open up and speak about things that they might not feel comfortable speaking to to, uh, or about in general to either male coaches. Or just in general, really. So that was kind of why we started it. Is because we want to be able to have a safe space for people that want to just chat about things.
0: Yeah, and am I right thinking you've got a seminar coming up as well?
1: So we, the seminar was in motion until a gym, a certain gym, set on fire. So we, we were like, okay, so maybe not. And then. Yeah, and then, we, and then we moved it, and then it kind of just got tits up. So the seminar is something that we're working on, but it's most likely going to be next year at some point, even at the later part of this year. Yeah, so again, that was like in motion, but so many things happened at once. Unfortunately, it was just like we're either going to do it and it's going to be absolute ballpark, like bang out the park, awesome, or we're not going to do it at all. We're not going to do like a half-hearted yeah. seminar. So we were like, it's probably better to just hold off for a bit and then go for it when we when we know we can give it a little bit more time
0: yeah I guess it's yeah you got to find the right place as well. I don't need to be fair
1: exactly yeah, I that's didn't it. know where
0: you were thinking of, and like I've hosted stuff there before, and they are wicked. yeah, so it is kind of like
1: exactly that's it. so hopefully it will happen because it's something that we want to do, um, but we we'll just go from there and like update update people when we can. Yeah.
0: So if you guys are interested in the seminar as well, is it just women's physique competitors or can kind of anyone come along? No,
1: like, It's just in general, like women that want to have a come along. It, we will be doing like posing, like figure and women's physique posing. I mean, if bikini girls want to come along and do some women's physique posing, then obviously by all means, but it will, the posing will be predominantly women's physique and figure, but anyone's welcome to the seminar, even to come for like, because we're essentially going to split it it's like q and a's bits and bobs in the morning then posing in the afternoon that was kind of the plan yeah. so if you just want to come for a safe space have a chat anything that comes up with drugs or just in general then that's kind of where we want to be talking about it and then obviously posing in the afternoon so it's open to anyone really
0: amazing well I'll, as long as i can i'll definitely pop down anyway
1: yeah for sure you
0: guys because i'm sure it'd be wicked um but yeah thank yeah. you so so much on coming on the podcast today no Um, I know that there has been so much information here that people can take away from and hopefully some real like thinking points as well for people if like PDs is the route that they're considering going down as well. Um, And as always, guys, if you have liked this podcast, please um, follow me on Spotify or wherever it is you're listening to. um, And please share this story with your friends as well and tag me and Sarah in it um, because, yeah, we'd love to know your thoughts and stuff as well. But, yeah, thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye.